Hello and welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast. Tom, episode 65, getting ready for the next-gen gaming, the sound setup. With me, George, as always, joined by Tom, subwoofer to my dog woofer. How's it going? <laughs> Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. So the wave of new listeners, just to give them that reassuring cuddle of how the show's going to break down. Coming up, Tom, we've got some news. What's the best bit of news you've got to tell them about? Hmm. I think Nintendo Switch fans are going to want to stick around because we've got a Wii U port in the news, but it's a pretty good one. Okay, all right. Then we slip and slide into our feature, which is all about extracting the very best performance, not only from your current gen or retro system sound-wise, but also the next generation of PS5 and Xbox Series X. We then hop, skip, and a jump clean into the new release highlights, which we call Stingray's Boot. And if you want to know why... Go dive the back catalogue, friend. And then the show ends when I ask Tom what he's hoping to play. But it cannot, it cannot begin until I say, Odders, you grip that wheel, buddy. Tom, what have you been playing? I've actually played a few games this week, believe it or not, for a podcast, podcast co-host yeah, a gaming podcast. Podcast, yeah. I need to put my teeth back in. Um, yeah, you I've need been to playing put your clothes some... on. For those that uh, obviously yeah. record an audio show, but I'm witness to you, hot time summer in the city, sat what appears to be, don't move the camera down, naked in your sweltering New York apartment. Is the air con it, it is, unfortunately. Um, Paulina went to fix it. She went out on the fire escape and tried to rehang the brackets of the air con unit, but sadly couldn't quite reach and nearly had an accident so i thought best she comes in and i call in a professional wow. they sadly haven't arrived yet but um, your house girls have died for less they have yeah this one <laughs> get attached to so i uh, i thought best not fall from a, a 20 story new york apartment um You've, got, yeah, a new, it's, it's, you've it's got a new house girl here. as well sprawled there like a bond baddie with bikini clad babes all around you forcibly doing housework, one questions their legal yeah. method of entry into the United States of America, but you keep For it legal all reasons, Yeah, legal reasons, we can't mention her name, um, but that's just the way it is. Oh, she looks good, I'll give you that. I don't know the woman yet, so personality beats looks every time, but uh, <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, looking forward to getting to know her through the medium of Zoom. Are you allowed to bring your house skills back with you when you come back to the UK next time? Well, I think the state of that studio you're in, probably so. Going to need a spruce up, isn't it? Oh, this is how Phil, the producer, likes it. He likes it all like this. Uh, Dark and it, dirty. Yeah, he says it produces a better aesthetic sound. Uh, talking like Andy sound, is in the broom cupboard. Exactly. Talking of sound, we've got an upcoming feature, which we've already given them a, a heads up on. Uh, so what games... Now we've completed that yes. mini segue. What games have you been uh, playing, Tom? Uh, well, last night I hung out with some friends uh, and we played NBA uh, 2K is it 19 or 20, the one that was free. Both on, of them um, came free, I think, if you've been paying on the, attention. On the, um, uh, on the PlayStation Monthly uh, free games. Yeah. And it was, I, re- I really enjoyed that. I thought it was really good. It's quite highly polished. Um I yeah. think I'm not a big fan of 2K games, uh, just because I think they're a bit lazy. Um, but 
overall, I thought it was a really good multiplayer experience. Uh, it doesn't well, take long you, to... You say they're a bit lazy, but some of my best memories is is it NHL 2K5 on the PS2 and Xbox original. Absolutely. I'm not saying they're not fun. I just think like the yearly updates are a bit rich when they're asking yeah. for like, 50 pounds of your money and they've changed like, the colour of a stadium. Have you um, just played the multiplayer on that? Or have you played that? There's like a story arc in it, a little bit like the FIFA, yeah. the FIFA games. Uh, my friend was talking to me about that. I said it was quite good. He's been playing it. Uh, but yeah, we just stuck with the multiplayer. Uh, found it quite easy to pick up, but difficult to, to master. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a few mm-hmm. slam dunks. So I played one friend who he's been playing it quite a lot and got a bit of a drub in. Uh, but then... Me and my other mate had a, a match where it just literally went back and forth for points and it was really good. Went right down, obviously, to the wire. Yeah. Uh, and I ended up scoring a three-pointer with... Um, I had no shame. I was playing Chicago Chicago Bulls all-time greats. Uh, right. So I could get the, the highest stats possibly in the game. Yeah. Um, the classic undertaker of the wrestling game, basketball yeah. world. Yeah. All like FIFA, rest of the world team. Uh, just, yeah, went for it. I, I love he, he, I love a basketball game myself. I've got uh, NBA Jam, which I love. There's one on yeah. PS1 called Total NBA, which is, I think it doesn't look great. But I remember looking at that, thinking they can't get better visuals than this. <laughs> uh, there was reflections say, in the court, the squeaks of the trainers on the court, and then yeah. 2K NBA 2K on the Dreamcast, which was I mean, yeah, it doesn't look amazing now, but it still looks great. And they play as you said. Sometimes if you're not, if you get caught napping, you can go several goals behind and it or baskets behind and it feels very demoralizing. I have to admit, yeah. like, I can't come back from this and it's painful. It's like two quarters to go and I hate myself and I, mm. I just want this game to I, be over. But when it all works, like you had the experience of it all working, it's an electric feeling. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think when you really competing against each other and you just maybe intercept that pass and you just start that break it almost yeah. feels like the break is so fast and you just chuck the ball down to another player further down the court and you just on the counter-attack straight away yeah I, I do think um it it converts to a video game very very well um i know they try and emulate that with a lot of sports games and i'd really love us to do a sort of feature on american sports games by British people and we will get to that because I think um, like obviously I know a lot of the 90s uh, stars from just I suppose their names being mentioned a lot I yeah. think there's quite a good good documentary on Netflix called The The Last Dance about the Bulls sort of really impressive season but anyway I don't know much about basketball I'm not going to pretend to be but yeah I really enjoyed that game Brilliant. Uh, I played I downloaded four guys one of the other Free PS games. Yeah. Uh, the servers have had some problems, but mainly down to just they didn't expect this many people to play it, which is good news for them. Hopefully mm. they can get that sorted. But I did manage to get on for a few games the other night. Really enjoyed it. Found it very addictive. Uh, for those who don't know, it's like a Takeshi's Castle Total Wipeout type game where you go through different rounds of obstacle courses with these like characters that look like Tic Tacs with arms and legs. <laughs> um, it's a six. It's like a sixty-man battle royal, but without all the ultra violence as for all the other games. Yeah. So it's it's open to all ages, uh, and it's just really good fun. 
Okay. Uh, All right. Well, I might shame. give that a little look out, actually, because I saw you were playing that. I was like, what is this ramble all about? And I, um, Honestly, mate, we, if, if you, uh, if you uh, get James' work experience boy and Nancy, the intern, I think they'd really enjoy that. Yeah, Nancy's settling in well. She's had to take a week's leave, though. Go on holiday with the family. And James, the work experience boy, has gone to Margate. So me and Phil literally holding the fort together today. But, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to pull a um, shift, haven't you? You have. Uh, Well, I I wouldn't know much about that being over it, but I'll leave that to you. Yes. I'm paid to star in the show, not right and produce the show that's what phil's there for you are the gaming yourself. celebrity so very much you uh look to really kick the wheels out of that uh, position don't you i do yeah i'll milk it for all it's worth what else uh, have well, you been playing I played ghost of tsushima uh progressing with that i'm on act three now which i believe we're going to get to with you but i don't believe it's that long oh i'm really gonna, really I'm spoil it I'll have to turn my headset off. Um, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoying that game. It's fantastic. I'm not going to spoil it, by the way. I'm not. Um, it really is enjoyable. It's. I don't think it's quite up there with Red Dead Redemption Two for me, but it's pretty close. It's really it's definitely. Yeah, I think as an open world game, it's. I, I wouldn't put it. Fantastic. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it into the vaunted territory of uh, Red Dead, but it certainly knocks the wheels off any. Uh, Assassin's Creed I've played and I've played them all I think it's better ones. than your Assassin's Creed's your Days Gone Horizon Zero Dawn mm. I think for me it trumps them it's better than Horizon I personally I really vibed with Days Gone so I don't know if it's better yeah, than I that I think it's, it's as it's good personal, it's personal opinion on the setting as well I think I prefer the setting of Ghost to, to Days Gone even though mm. I did like it famous uh turn around on that in our review yeah but, everyone needs to go listen to your thoughts on that game and then where you ended up with it don't they <laughs> uh, I suppose the best to be polite ask you what you've been playing um, obliged yes you are now contractually obliged I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima finish that um, yeah I, I don't obviously there's no spoilers here but the ending kind of made me go oh and then oh and then the ending made me go oh Right, oh, so you know, that's it's an interesting one, that's for sure. But uh, without ruining too much, when you finish all of the, the main story, you're left to explore the islands of Tashimi yourself, uh, yeah. finishing off the so, Mongol okay, invasion. Can... So, all your yeah. side stories, all your collectibles, and everything you know, it doesn't just end the game and then block you out from the island, it allows you to carry on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. Which which was well received and and to the most part, you know, it still makes sense when you speak to these characters outside of the main game quest. So I've quite enjoyed having some post game content to get stuck into and and play through as the character I find myself as now. So that's uh, yeah, interesting. So I've been playing that, um, a little bit more Final Fantasy XV, but literally not that much. I've been trying to concentrate on getting Ghosts finished and uh, Farming Simulator 19, I've had a quick rumble through. Have I been playing any retro? Am I guilty of that? Um, No, 
not really, not to any great extent. A little bit more Darkest Dungeon on the yep. uh, Vita. Vita. Which is, I've got it for PS4 as well, but I've not put it in, but it's cross-save mm-hmm. enabled, so you can play it on the oh, Vita, cool. upload to cloud, play it on the PS4, download save yeah. from cloud, continue playing. A little bit like, um, not Hotline Miami, what was that other one I uh, played the wheels off? Shakedown Hawaii. Um, yeah. Where you upload the save to the cloud and then you can pull it back down on whichever system you want to. You just need to make sure you post it back up when you're finished and then you can carry on your play. That's, I mean, for me, that's what the Vita should have been. It should have been a remote play tool so you can play your PS4 games on the go. Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you, if you've got Wi-Fi, you can do that. In the meantime, you can just continue the play of some of those smaller sort of indie-like games um, on the go. And that, I think that's fine. A little bit like a, a very expensive VMU for the Dreamcast, but with far better games. Yeah. So Darkest Dungeon, again, that game grips you, holds you in, you start forming emotional bonds with characters, and then you see them wither and die in a dungeon. You're like, <laughs> uh, but the game says, you know, don't get attached because you'll get upset. One of the characters, which I think you'll like, is you get like a houndsman, and he comes with his dog. Yeah. And, you know, you can tell they're close and some of the things they say to each other and things like in the battles is is, is really cool. So, yeah, I think that uh, Darkest Dungeon on whichever, I don't know off the top of my head whether it's on Xbox, but uh, if it is, I implore you all to check it out. It's a great little distraction at the end of a, a big gaming sesh. That's for sure. That's, um, yeah. That's a, an interesting feature about getting attached to the characters and they can like put their permadeath. Going back to State of Decay that we talked about in the Xbox Showcase, uh, yep. State of Decay 3, I think. I played 2 on the Xbox One and it had a similar feature where the you could get attached to a character and think, oh, I really like them, but then when they die, they die, they're gone. It's, it's quite an interesting dynamic to do that, especially when you're controlling a group of characters Yeah, because you do get your favourites and you probably max out their stats and so forth, and then all of a sudden they're gone. And you're like, oh, I wish I'd have worked on the other one now. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I've had a few where I, I like really bonded with them, and maybe very quickly as well. You take them on a mission, mm. and they've got like a cool thing, or their particular mental psyche breaks down or gets sort of um, embiggened as you're playing it, and you're like, oh, yeah, he's really awesome. I like what he's doing. Because yeah. you get similar characters that look the same but act completely differently. Like some are wimps, some get sort of like buoyed up by the violence, as I said before. Uh, and then, you know, maybe you, you see, a like I say, a cool character, and 30 seconds into the dungeon, they die. And you're like, oh, no. I wanted you, you in your mind, you're thinking, oh, if I level that up and I do this and I do the other and boom, it's just taken off the table completely. So very interesting. I, I think that's the we've been playing section, Tom. So it's time to foot loose and fancy free dance like two strictly come dancing divas into the news. We've scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories. First up, Tom, uh, shall I take this one or do you want to read this first story? I can take this. Uh, I I saw it uh, late last night uh, and got very excited because finally, rock on, what's Rocksteady been working on? The immortal question has finally been answered. In some nice-looking teaser art, that new game is confirmed to be another DC Comics property. 
the Suicide Squad. Rocksteady has this to say on their Twitter account with the tagline, Target Locked, hashtag DC Fandom, August 22nd, hashtag Suicide Squad Game. Well, consider us very excited. That's, consider um, you excited. I'm nonplussed. I, you, what you're not what have they been doing for five years to finally scratch up with this Suicide Squad? Well, you're going to have multiple playable characters, so that's quite complex in itself. Mm, I guess. It better not be a, a DC version of Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> I don't think it will be. I think we're going to get... Although, will they? Will they think we've got multiple characters? Let's make it multiplayer online. Yeah, I really of course hope, they I hope, will. I don't think they will. I think there's... Mark my words. State damp this episode and come back to it. If I prove I think to if be he, correct, it's an online buy, multiplayer game. I think if EA buy Rocksteady, then that will probably happen. But I'm banking on this being a single player, maybe with co-op thrown in. What like about the rumours on the streets that they were actually working on? Well, two things. I've got two things to ask you. Um, yeah. The rumours on the streets that they were working on a Superman game all the way up till about a year ago, and then couldn't really get it vibing right, because Superman's a very, very hard character to do in a game, and then scratched it all down and went back to Suicide Squad. Because this is a PS5 game. This isn't releasing this gen. So technically they released the game at the doors, at the very gates of the PS4, Xbox One era. And then went into hibernation, or seemingly went off to do a Superman game that, that failed spectacularly, and they came back with Suicide Squad. I think probably what's happened is obviously the the cross gen thing is now like they're thinking let's just run it on uh, Xbox Series X, PS5, and PC, uh, which is going to be good. It's it's nice where they just cut that line off and say no, this is only going to be available on this. It shows it's probably going to be very like tech heavy and graphically impressive. Hopefully, as the Arkham games were, in my opinion, anyway. Not everyone liked them, but I thought they I were thought really they were good, good games, but um, I really did. But I think where this Superman thing comes from, I think possibly some of the rumours of maybe there's been a leak in the past where they've seen Superman footage in their studio. But it's I I think with that teaser art, it's going to be taking down the Justice League as the Suicide Squad. I think making Superman... Well, my second like, question, was that Superman or was it Bizarro? No, I think that's Superman. I think the rumours are going to be quite true about it it being Justice League and I think to use Superman as almost an enemy as a baddie as a boss would be quite cool in the fact that he's he's almost unstoppable and you could figure out ways to just get away from him or just survive that encounter until you come up with a way of taking him down and imagine Mm. taking Batman on in like a a role reversal almost we've had so many games of theirs where you're playing as um, Batman to then spin that on its head would be really cool. And I think this is going to tie into the Court of Owls Batman game that apparently um, Warner Brothers are working on or the the other other developer. So it's going to be set in the same universe as that. And it'd be nice. I don't don't need like loads of cross um, sort of sections where it's all intertwined and stuff, but a few Easter eggs would be quite nice. Just maybe chuck some of the wanted posters of the Suicide Squad up in um, 
in the Batman game or vice versa. Um, I just think it's going to be an interesting dynamic. It's not like if you said they were going to do a, a Turtles game, I'd have rather had that, definitely. I yeah, think a lot of people too. would. But but I think they're a very like competent studio. I think they're going to chuck out some really great stuff with Suicide Squad. They are, um, but when you look at their cross-section of games, they haven't actually made that many, have they? Most of them well, are no, set in the no, Batman no. universe, so yeah, interesting times. Let's uh, move on to our next news yeah. item, Tom. Aeon must quit. The slick-looking beat-em-up Aeon must die, shown the other evening in Sony's latest state of play, has sadly been surrounded by controversy. A real shame, as it's an interesting-looking title. The controversy comes in the form of work conditions, oh, not this again, at the developer's HQ. The acquisitions are widespread and in-depth, with the team citing unbearable work conditions with endless crunch, harassment, abuse, corruption, and manipulation. Well, that's a real shame to hear, especially as the game's looking graphically fantastic and something very different. How many studio employees are going to come out with these stories now? It's not exactly a, an 18th century coal mine, is it? Um, no, I know this gets you back up. Um, I just thought I'd mention it because I was more—I was very interested in the game, but it's, it's a shame that it's got this controversy around it. Uh, we don't know what it's like. I mean, I'm a big champion in real life of like—I just—I do believe in workers' rights. I think people have fought hard to get them. I'm very grateful of my job, but I'm also very protective of like employees. It's, it's, I just, yeah, I think obviously things have happened in throughout history as like just some horrific stuff, and it was never acceptable and should never be acceptable again. But um, in with that cast as a lens, yeah, what their unbearable work conditions, harassment, abuse, corruption, and manipulation, I you know. Give us some examples, please, so we can make. Well, the, the biggest, the biggest problem now, like me and you have had this discussion, like off off air many times about how the mobile phone and, and email and constant like workplace think it's just okay to contact you out of work. Like home time and private life is my time, and don't don't interfere in that because I just don't think it's acceptable. I think people are just rolled over and like just gone. Oh, that's fine. I'll, I'll I'll get back to that right now. It's like no, you're at home. You should think. Be do you think there's always like, going to be as we move forward in this this world of computer games and development? There's always going to be a cross section of the higher ups, i.e., the execs who are salespeople and and work hard in the industry to push the product, and that sort of almost meeting of the minds where artists who are much more laid back people who want to spend hours drawing Shaolin's mask in. Uh, Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks or whatever it is, they want to, you yeah. know, I'm going to draw that again. I can do it better. I'm going to change the colour. I'm going to do a bit more shading. Like, stop it now. We need to get this game out. Is it? At, we've said it's going to come out then. Is it going to yeah. be ready? Oh, no, but you can't rush perfection. You're going to have to work more hours then, aren't you, Panyo? And, you know, is that, do you think that's where this great comes from? You've got someone at the studio who is under pressure from a publisher, is under pressure yeah. from... A, you know, a console provider or, or whatever it is? Or is the pressure coming from the artists just wanting, you know, did Michelangelo sort of spend ages working on, or did he end up getting the sort of the bug or Leonardo da Vinci on certain projects and ended up working maybe 24, 48 hours nonstop back to back because he was just sort of overcome with inspiration? 
that's also think, and if think, others around you aren't are you then like well i don't really feel like i see you're all fired up about working on this new feature in the game but you know i want to go home you can't go home we need you to stay because you're the guy who's going to do the coding behind making that flap on that character's jacket look more realistic oh really i think yeah. it really could yeah it's a it's a very good point you're making there i think it really comes down to the person you are. If you're really passionate about something and you want to see it succeed, like succeed, you will do it. But I'm very laid back in in, in my life, and I, I'm not ambitious. I'm very happy and content in my life the way it is. So when like this causes sometimes for you, you have to push me a bit. I think that's the dynamics that are in these places of uh, like video game development. I think like break, like not, we're just talking seriously about the show here. Like you don't, you don't really like push me like an executive, like, cause it just wouldn't work, but you do support me and try and persuade me to do uh, the show and make sure we put out good content week after week. And I'm, very laid back. I'd be like, ah, oh, just leave it. I can't, I, I can't be bothered. I'd rather just play computer games. And that sounds really brutal. Um, but I think you do need both sets of people and you're always going to have arguments like this. Like they're just annoyed because they're going to do massive long hours. Like loads of other people were, uh, do employees and employers. They just will always clash. Sadly, it doesn't matter. You could have the most perfect, harmonious workplace, but it's you, you're always going to have a few situations where one party is unhappy with the other. So I think that's just where it's just a workplace like any other. Yeah, uh, but you've I'd, made I'd some like good... to know a little bit more about unbearable work conditions, just because what is you're that? Right, yeah, yeah, is it a right. sweat house or is it an air-conditioned yeah. <laughs> office with a kitchen and, and all the latest facilities and you can have your action yeah. figures on display by your computer while you're working and... You know, a lot of people that are working a nine-to-five job where they're actually doing physical labour would look and be like, oh, I'd love to work there. I would love just to even make the tea there. Uh, I know what you mean, yeah. It's, it's it's like you've got to sometimes take a step back and I, I could moan about working outside in the hot weather, but then I think there's people out there who are working outside in way hotter heat for no money. Well, not yeah. no money, but like people are just surviving, trying to survive. It, well, one thing I would sometimes. say is, if anyone from that studio wants to reach out, if anyone from any studio wants to reach out and help us understand yeah, what it's like really in a studio an when the crunch happens, we can be completely anonymous. I've put this out before, but we've never had anyone take up on it. I think it's, obviously, we'll definitely protect people's privacy and anonymity, yeah. but uh, it would be interesting to have my eyes opened as to what's unacceptable. I know we have a lot of listeners in Lincoln where Rockstar are, where there is reportedly a lot of crunch and people have been demonstrably upset by that. But uh, help us understand maybe both sides of it. You know, developers yeah. reach out and say to us, yeah, you know, George, you were right. You know, there is a lot of pressure from me, from the, stu- from the studio or the publisher to have this out day and date for their shareholders on a certain point to hit you know, a, a price index rise on the stock market. And if we slip a day, a week, a month, it has it has massive ramifications on their um, quarterly earnings or their quarterly f- forecasted earnings, which unfortunately everyone's tied into. I think and then it- give us the flip side, you know, so you don't know what it's like being nailed to a computer, crunching in code all day, yeah. 
not being allowed out and you you turn around and everyone's suddenly made of code and you feel like Neo in the matrix and you've gone a little <laughs> bit wibble and you say you want to go home and they say, no, do more coding and, you know, help, help, help us understand because I would really love to deep dive on that and get a real interesting sort of hot take on the industry and put both sides of the story in, in sort of opposition to each other, not in a, an aggressive way, but you know, we'll, we could read out a statement from either and then sort of debate it with the listeners' comments and, and see if we can come to some sort of resolution. I, just, I don't think I it's think, going think away, that, but... No, I think that would be fantastic if we could get that. It's always good to have, um, like, a a constructive debate. Uh, yeah, And definitely. just closing on, closing on that, I think the point where it becomes wrong is when it's done for greed and just pure profit of like, I can't get enough money, give me more money, get this finished so I can get my big fat like bonus check mm. for getting this product out. And that obviously happens, but yeah, it's, the, people like that have got to realise what effect that's having on people below them. But we but know again, that some I, rock star employees who, even at a low level, who have crunched on games like GTA 5 and... Red Dead Redemption 2 have got reward salaries that are absolutely humongous because of the money that these games have made. So mm. you're getting your That's financial true. reward as well. So, and again, I need this explained. This game, Aeon, isn't going to be an absolute, I'm predicting it's not going to be a Red Dead or GTA 5. Uh, I think I'm going to be proved correct. But, you know, what is the re- what's the remuneration scheme there? Be interesting mm. to know. Yeah. On the subject, I thought that looked very. Of, yeah, it did. And on that subject, state of play. What did you make of the latest state of play? We'll just quickly cover it off. Shall I, I give you my highlights? Uh, yeah, you, you go first. Hitman yeah. trilogy, all playable in VR. I thought, whoa, mm, that's interesting. That's yeah. awesome, and and that will be a nice. Uh, the move ones garroting uh, <laughs> people. <laughs> which is interesting. Uh, some of the uh, situations and locations that they've been to in that uh, sort of rebooted trilogy have been fantastic as well, like the motor racing circuit, etc. I think that would work great in VR. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see if it's free roam or it's got to be free roam as far as I'm concerned. If you hot point snapping, it would be, it'd be pony. Um, Vader yeah. Immortal. Uh, I'm excited for oh, that. That looks but, cool. Yeah. yeah. But I must pour sort of cold water on that a little bit because it's, it was developed for the Oculus or one of those sort of smaller systems that's basically a processor and a headset all in one. Yeah. Uh, and it was released episodically. Obviously, we're going to get it as the full package um, released. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. But I'm kind of... Coming bit... sooner than I thought as well. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll be picking that up. Um, yeah. After Iron Man VR, I wonder if this might be a little bit of an uplift. Uh, Iron Man VR, I've gone very cold on. I was excited, as excited for that as I was for Last of Us. And as soon as I got my hands on it, I was like, mm, this is not yeah. even a patch. Um, and it's not even a patch on something like Blood and Truth either. So, yeah, that's a, it was a, it was an unfortunate shame, that really. But I'm sure Camouflage has still sold gangbuster numbers. Um, some of the other stuff in there, it was very much an indie showcase, uh, a little bit more bug snacks. Something about the camera in bug snacks makes me feel like Sony are playing something very close to their chest. One wonders, is bug snacks a VR game? 
Mm. I did wonder that, obviously, the first-person perspective. Uh, it, it it almost reminds me of, of a Nintendo game. Um, I know there's like this bizarre hype around it after the um, original PlayStation showcase. That PS5 was basically showcase. off the back of the theme song, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So you know uh, that... they kind of they kind of mocked it in the new trailer, didn't they? Yeah, uh, they which did. I found quite funny. Um, yeah, that looks quite nice. Um, is that is there, was there anything else for you before I touch on what I saw? No, not really. Right. I'm sure you you're going to be all over all this, so I'll I'll comment back on what you say if you like. I'll just make it short and snappy because we need to get on with the rest of these. But uh, I thought Crash Four looked quite cool. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know where I want the frustration of playing something like that because they are really difficult games, but mm. uh, challenging. Those color mode, well. alternative universe color modes, look quite smart though, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, you splash the color on the level. I thought that was yeah, good. or the or the, like the um, like the sort of neon uh, framework color uh, palette, and it sounds like they've got more to show with that, so that's interesting. Oh, the crocodingo sections, if that, I think that's his yeah. Name. They looked more to be like a like a, a traditional, I say traditional, but like a th- more three D platformery, more, yeah. more rare in their style. So that intrigued me because two D platforms are okay, but as you say, they're very sort of twitch reaction did, focused, aren't yeah. they? I did think Crash Four when it was rumored was going to be more in the, that vein, but I suppose they wanted to keep it traditional. With uh, uh, and I think the crash trilogy remake was quite successful so they've obviously got the fan base there yeah. but yeah that was it i think that was a strong start the, the overall state of play they did really well just to um as microsoft had tried to do as well just downplay it people nowadays just see they don't read they just see like mm. state of play or xbox showcase and think they're going to see everything like full basket of uh, or box of tools just chucked out straight away for everyone. It's yeah, never going to be like that. Yeah, quite clear to us that this is this is not. There's going to be some PS5 games, but mainly it's going to be a yeah. PS4, PSVR focus. So, all oh, right, okay. Well, if that's what it's, it is, it, that's it's, what it is. It's, it's pretty bad nowadays. Like we have to teach people like babies to like temper their expectations of of what they're going to see. So like, well, if I see if now I, I've learned if I see like a Nintendo Direct Mini, I'm not going to think, oh my god, I'm going to see all the first party what, titles. What did you make of Godfall? It looks okay. I think it's if you're going to charge fifty pound for that as a PS5 launch game, it's just not for me. I, I think it looks very good. I thought that it stank of a, a God of War ripoff. A little bit, yeah. The combat. I was speaking to a. Yeah, I was speaking to a friend about it. And he said it looks very like corridor-like, about just going through these sections, mm. melee mashing, and away you go. Well, time, yeah, timing, not... timing, specific melee mashing with the blocks and the and the shield came out in the same way, did it not? And yeah, you know, really... sort of shield and and sword combo punches and hits, kind of. When I sort of focus back on the specific gameplay loop, I was thinking this most reminds yeah. me of the latest God of War. It's very looter and grindy type game, which I'm not a massive fan of anyway. But uh, I'm sure there will be fans of it, and it's a it's a, another good addition to the launch lineup, mm. um, or one of the only confirmed ones that I know of at the minute. Uh, what else? Uh, the Pathless. I found that really cool. Like navigating this open world via like archery 
very yeah. quick pace. I need some more info on that. Can you only move when you I'm fire not... an arrow, or can you move anyway? No, you can. You can move like normally, but to like speed across the map, which looks very cool. Um, you just perform like these shots where you. I like the idea that it's not aimed down sight as well, so you just sort of. I don't, I don't know. It almost looks like a free running type Mirror's Edge game at times. Uh, I yes. know that was first person, but it, just the free flow nature of it. So yeah, I was impressed with that. Aeon, um, Aeon must die. I think it kind of just when I watched the trailers reminded me of like a, a Saturday morning sci-fi eighties cartoon. Um, yeah, that that piqued my interest. I'll have to look into that more when we we learn more about it. Yeah. Apart from that. Nothing much for me. Um, I think it was just them getting out the way a lot of the Indian third party stuff um, until they do probably another state of play, which is going to touch on hopefully some launch details of the PS5. And I hope we get a similar one for the Xbox as well, because it's it's getting late in the day when we just don't know a lot. No. I think I think if we hadn't have had, the obviously, the global pandemic, we, we wouldn't have... I think we probably know a lot more than we do now. I think they're just being a bit cagey just in case they can't quite get the number of machines out and they need to figure out a price when people are probably not going to be as well off uh, this Christmas than they normally would be. So, yeah. Well, what I'd say what about happens. that is no one has to buy it, do they? You know, PS4 and Xbox, no. although the Xbox have discontinued the models, this, the consoles are still supported. And what was oh, the compatible yeah. thing? Yeah on Xbox and forward delivery, everything's going to be playable. So, you know, no one's got a gun to their head saying upgrade now. I'd say it's only the serious sort of console files that are going to be mm. pulling their arms and legs off and putting their kids into... Obviously, there's always going to be people that are really into gaming that maybe haven't got a lot of spare cash, but yeah, uh, go just maybe they're just going to have to do the old trading spectacular again. Anyway, let's draw a line under that piece of news, Tom, and you hit me up with this final yeah, piece of news. I think this is the longest news segment we've ever done, but uh, there's been quite a lot going on this week. Well, our last bit of news, uh, Switchmin. Pikmin is making its way to the Nintendo Switch with Pikmin 3 Deluxe. It delivers a full suite of additions and enhancements, including the ability to play the whole story mode in co-op with a friend. New side story missions, uh, which can also be played in co-op and all the mission mode DLC stages from the original game's release. Uh, with new difficulty options, lock-on targeting, optional hints and the choice to play at a more relaxed pace, it's easier than ever to join in on the Pikmin fun. Enjoy the game's beautiful scenery and get a taste of what this vibrant world has to offer. Fun features from the original game also return in Pikmin 3 Deluxe, which is the in-game camera, which allows players to snap photos of the game's lush environments, and curious creatures from a pint-sized perspective. Mm. What, um, I mean, it's another Wii U port, but it is a, it's a very good game. But that game is, is quite old now. I remember playing Murder that on the Wii U. Murder of the Wii U, yeah. Suspect Number 1, The Switch. A very popular episode of ours, and I think we yeah. said all we needed to say there about that. Uh, we did. It's great that some of those awesome titles that came on the Wii U are actually getting the more spectacular worldwide recognition they didn't get. Um, but Nintendo, bar porting games over from the Wii U, what are you doing? Exactly. Answer, nothing. 
I think um, I think they've struggled more than a lot of other studios with the the working from home and the change of the situation. Uh, they've they've always been a bit steady, uh, and we I hammer home this fact all the time. We've got to remember they're just they're just one developer. Like, do you think they, they shouldn't? A- in retrospective, should should they have maybe done? Sony or a Microsoft and acquired some more studios. So many years they had Rare banging out games for them. Mm, uh, and they let them Yeah. Go. They've got a few, um, and they've got a few that they kind of deal with a lot, probably like Platinum Studios have made a lot of games for them, even though they're not exclusive to Nintendo. They, um, they Exclusive cell systems. Yeah. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see what they do to combat the two big next-gen consoles but in all honesty they don't need to worry the switch is still selling week in week out they've had animal crossing which has been i read yeah. the fact the other day it sold more than the entire metroid franchise <laughs> all the metroid games combined animal crossing new horizons has sold more than all those yeah wow that's a that's a terrifying stat well on that what can only be described as a financial bombshell tom <laughs> did we miss anything do you have an opinion or take on the news we missed if so tom how would those collected masses get in contact with us and say george tom why are you talking about pikmin when <laughs> i don't know there's a brand new console out tomorrow called the Ziga Zigar, and it is 8k it's one pound it plays every game from every format ever made um and you didn't even talk about it in the news what's wrong with you Tom, well, if, if you want such flaming crocodingos, how would the masses get in touch and let us know that we are crocodingo? You can uh, direct messages on Instagram or Twitter on our um, social media accounts. You can also join our Discord group, which you can find through the link tree that's on Instagram. Uh, there's lots of um, great people in there talking, discussing games, movies, music, anything literally anything uh, it's a good place to come and get some some great information as well we have a little swap shop on there um we have a sort of screenshot area where you can post great screenshots you've been taking especially with a lot of the latest games that are out at the minute having really good photo mode so yeah that'd be good to see some new posters in there and also you can email us on questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com that email read out of the end there, Tom, was like music to my ears. And talking of music I get paid to my ears, box. here we've arrived at the feature. And it's all about getting ready for next-gen gaming. The sound Jesus. setup guide. Guide. Listen, let's dive straight into this because there's plenty to talk about. Sound in gaming is often overlooked as it doesn't have the same immediate impact on gaming as the TV visual effect. We all go chasing the next gen because of graphics and frame rate, but a much underrated part of our hobby's immersion is what sound can do. It's not obvious, and it's a more subconscious feeling. Here at the Unofficial Controller Podcast, we feel, and we are sure you'll rightly agree, that when it's not right, sound, bad sound, can really be immersion-breaking. So let's discuss the different options, some smart alternatives for your home setup, being being a gaming room or a bedroom setup, be it retro or modern console, and gaming manufacturers have been pushing the envelope for years. Heck, the Mega Drive has awesome stereo abilities and sounds great through an amp. 
And as we push forward to the next generation, Sony and the PS5 have put 3D audio right at the front and center of the experience. In their words, a part of the experience that's due to, uh, it's been due an upgrade for years after having been overlooked for many, many years. Tom, let's get started. Before we do, what's your thoughts on gaming, uh, not specifically soundtracks or, or, or effects, but how sound affected you as a gamer? over the years i think it's got better and better i i got a sound bar um on on your advice um which i use if if able if i uh sometimes have to keep the noise down in the house you don't want to yeah beyonce and jay-z banging on the partition wall telling you to turn it down do you no i'm sick of them as well they make loads of noise and moan at me for having a video game plan but anyway uh, I have a a gaming headset as well, which I was really happy with. And I think it's just, it is so overlooked at how important it is. And it's implemented so well in video games now, but you, you look at sort of phenomenal soundtracks in games like Grand Theft Auto mm. to sort of Hellblade with its audio sort of led design of um, creating the the voices in your head, uh, psychosis type experience. There's so much they can do with it. Horror games, creating great tension, especially if you're playing in the dark with a headset on, can really ramp up the uh, the feeling of, of immersion. Uh, along with high-end graphics, I think it's just as important. So, yeah, that's my, my small take on that. Okay. I think it's come a long way as well, hasn't it? Um, but we're gonna we're gonna have a little dabble in the past, aren't we? First yeah. Off. Well, let's get started. The past. Heck, let's just cover off this as retro gaming is very big, and these old machines are capable of some amazing things. Proudly displayed on top of the Mega Drive is the word stereo sound. It's still a great option today, and its ability to utilize two speakers we all know well enough. It creates uh, a great sound field that enables things to carry momentum and track from left to right. With your speaker and a cheap uh, amp and a cheap stereo amp, which can be found anywhere, good vintage ones are going to start to go up in price. But hey, if you listen to vinyl, you've probably already got a great amp, so why not use it? It's only when you hear the Mega Drive or snares pumping out in full stereo do you realize what you've been missing. Uh, that too is the real secret to sounding gaming. It's fine through whatever source, but when utilized to its fullest, it's game changing. So I've got a little retro rack upstairs and I've was able to pick up from a charity shop, a very, very, very uh, cheap uh, surround sound amp, um, but uh-huh. it didn't have any speakers. So I thought I had it with my vinyl first, but it wasn't quite what I was looking for for that experience. It's slightly newer than that. So I had one kicking around and I looked into some mission speakers, which for the era of the Mega Drive were very much things that people wanted. And those wired up to that and any of the retro consoles in stereo. I mean, obviously this peeking out at the sort of Dreamcast era, I think the Xbox original had a, from memory, it had optical hours, did the PS2. So really anything from Mega Drive to, sort of GameCube era, they they all sound awesome. Uh, obviously, some of those later ones also implementing 3D or surround sound, but they all sound absolutely awesome. There's nothing like uh, a Mega Drive game with its awesome synth soundtrack blasting out through a set of 
good speakers. Um, it just lifts the game. And the Super Nintendo, um, Star Wars, Super Star Wars, so, Super yeah. Empire Strikes Back and Super Return of the Jedi, they sound absolutely incredible through an amp. And it can give a, an old game a new lease of life to some extent as well. Yeah, it can. When all the sound that's meant to be coming out through two speakers or more is compressed down through to one speaker, you don't get that separation of sounds, you don't get that depth. Hey, we've all played on a, a mono portable in our bedrooms as kids. I mean, most kids these days probably got stereo, but they don't realise probably because they've got the TV positioned awkwardly in the corner of a room and it's not making the best of the speakers. Plus, mm. to get the form factor of a flat screen TV, even a high-end TV, the speakers are not great. Compared to the visual fidelity you get in, the speakers are very, very poor. So, well, yeah. Well, quickly, um, just you uh, you flew over this week, didn't you? Just to drop a few things off. Um, and. Going on our last week's episode, uh, setting up uh, visually for next-gen gaming with the uh, TV guide, you uh, you had a dabble with my TV screen, didn't you? Um, mm. And managed to pull some great colours off there. Um, yeah, so a whistle-stop tour of New York. There's, there's not yeah. a lot open, but... Uh, it wasn't, no. I should have made time to see Bobby, really, but hey, you know, not always I've kept possible. you. Yeah, I was not happy until you'd finished, was I? Well, you, you lent me Paulina for the afternoon, and I'll tell you what, that was a life-changing experience, I have to admit. So I, uh, so, yeah. I, I must thank you for that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we had a dabble with your TV. Uh, and then we, we tried the audio, didn't we? And as I said, it, it really can um, give new lease of life to, to stuff, just having a few moments just to have a tinker and try and find the right settings for things. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, um, definitely worth a look. Yeah, definitely. And we'll, we'll get to that. We will get to that. So much like the TV next-gen setup guide, we want to try and cover off as many alternatives as possible. There's actually way more alternatives for sound than there are to TV. Yeah. Uh, so we, we moved to the present. It wasn't long before gaming embraced surround sound, the idea of placing speakers in four corners of a room to fully embrace and encase the listener or gamer in surround sound from all angles. My first memory, this is me, me, this is me. My first memory of surround sound in gaming was hooking up an N64 to an old surround sound amp and having the sounds of uh, Donkey Kong 64 wrap around me like vines in a jungle. (laughs) Suddenly, as I span the camera, the waterfall in front of me was in fact suddenly behind me. And again, like the days of the Mega Drive, when sounds are able to be presented in a crystal clear way and be positionable with the on-screen action, you're sucked deeper into the immersion, almost subconsciously. You're there. This all moves forward as consoles, consoles developed and included tech got better. And while we chased the graphics, many were still listening on mono TVs or at best stereo setups. Now, I I also remember when I upgraded to an optical cable for the original Xbox and Halo. Yeah. You know, that was game changing. I had a, a almost like a quadraphonic setup from memory. And... Mm-hmm. Um, you could hear individual patters of dirt landing around you after a grenade had gone off. It was really quite amazing. And let's face it, Halo, yeah. when it first launched, was you were like, oh, wow, I'm playing this game. I can do it co-op. I can 
I can do all these things with the graphics. It's this big sort of pseudo open world. This is an amazing game. And and you're wowed by the graphics of it. But if you took the time to go down the route of setting up the stereo, it was equally, if not more, um, game-changing in that way. It's quite strange, isn't it, that um, like uh, audio designers, uh, like developers for video games and, and for movies probably somewhat must often be very overlooked by the rest of the team or when, when the game comes out and it's received like, oh my God, did you see those graphics? It looked unbelievable. Oh my God, this gameplay is so good. And then there's just this guy who just made like individual sounds for like each horse hoof mm-hmm. um, and spent his like past two months at a ranch in Arizona just recording horse noise. In unbearable just, work yeah, conditions. Yeah, in unbearable work conditions. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's... It is just um, crazy that there's things that people just won't hear based on the setup they have, um, and that's a real shame. Uh, but yeah, it, it's cost like anything, and we'll get we'll get to that. Uh, at what's going to be your best option? But we'll just dive into the future a little bit, shall we? Yes, please do. Uh, heading into the future, and with seemingly greater emphasis on sound this gen, what does the future hold? The PS5 is going to be a very powerful console of that, we all have no doubt. But the way it handles audio is arguably just as impressive um, as its looks. This is all down to Sony's uh, 3D audio engine called Tempest, I didn't know that, which delivers vivid object-based 3D sound in games. Rather than use 3D audio technology, uh, such as Dolby Atmos, uh, don't worry gamers, we'll break down the lingo shortly, uh, so we'll let you know what all of those mean. Sony has chosen to develop its own. Um, sorry, missed that. Um, I don't understand the, what you, you're. Wait, you're it's you're okay, an esteemed okay. voice actor. It's proprietary. Proprietary 3D audio format for the PS5, uh, just as it's created the 360 reality audio format that is used for music. Um, in short, the PS5 should transform your gaming experience through 3D audio. Indeed, Sony says the effect. Uh, it's so powerful that you'll be able to hear when individual raindrops are landing in a game's environment. That's pretty cool. Uh, stereo and surround sound have their own unique advantage, but uh, for gaming, nothing beats 3D audio. In simple terms, 3D audio allows you to hear sounds as if they were happening around you. It puts you, the gamer, center stage and brings added intensity to every scene. Um, I was looking on the settings for Ghost of Tsushima, and there's a there's a setting for 3D audio headphones. I did try it on my headphones. I don't know whether they're like probably not fully capable of doing I what it should do. I thought you had the uh, virtual surround sound 3D audio on your headset that you've got. They've definitely got like the surround sound. I don't know where it's like the latest like 3D audio tech, but um, it was impressive. Like it just make all those different sounds appear around you. I'm not sure whether it's PlayStation's. 2.0 gold headset or whether you've got to go to the platinum i think it might be yeah. 2.0 so it's a setting i'm uh-huh. not bothered with because obviously i play with my aged surround sound system but uh yeah it says 
Whereas earlier games, consoles simulate 3D audio by increasing the volume of an effect as your on-screen character moves closer, 3D audio deploys timed effects using a host of clever audio algorithms to naturally create true-to-life soundscapes that trick your brain into pinpointing the precise location of every sound. Sony says that the PS5 uses object-based spatial sound technology to create some of the most advanced 3D available. It's an expansion of the technology used in the PSVR virtual reality headset, which is capable of replicating 50 sound sources. The PS5 bumps up to hundreds of intricate sounds and in better quality too, all of which means the PS5 game developers can design scenes and audio as well as visuals, sonically painting a 3D canvas, dripping with detailed acoustics that supercharge the action. Take Rainfall, for example. Today, the sound of rain in a game is a single audio track, but Sony says that the PS5 will be capable of letting you hear individual raindrops in relation to where your character is positioned in the game's landscape. Uh, and imagine a first-person shooter with PS5 3D audio. You'll be able to hear the spine-chilling footsteps as someone crosses a room on the floor above you. Uh, Sony wants to focus on delivering 3D audio through headphones first, but according to Mark Cerny, PS5 lead architect, the console will be capable of delivering 3D audio through your regular setup, whether it be television speakers, soundbars, or surround sound systems. In short, the plan is that PS5 3D audio will one day work with the kit you already own. But there are unanswered questions around this, such as what the delivery format will be and whether there will be a minimum spec requirements. It seems unlikely that every sound system will be capable of delivering this 3D audio and the inevitability of the quality of the experience will vary wildly across different devices. A full sound surround sound system delivers better Dolby Atmos than an integrated speaker system on a TV. And you've got to imagine the same will be true with the PS5's 3D audio. Mm. So it's an interesting claim that I think uh, maybe a 5.1 surround sound system or or a, a sound bar which has sort of Dolby Atmos speaker bouncing tech in it. And we'll get to, again, we will get to the lingo uh, and explain the different levels of setup you can get. It's an interesting yeah, claim, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, I I think it'll be very similar to the the visual, like the TVs. It's going to be like possibly an amazing experience on one uh, sound setup, but you might not have quite as good a time uh, depending on what you've got with something else. So, I guess yeah, they'll be able to make it work on pretty much everything, no doubt. But the um, the scale of of how good that's going to be is going to vary. Um, okay, well let's um, let's okay. break down the lingo. Yeah, there's a lot of lingo with okay. sound, so we, we should stereo is basically your two speakers faced uh, placed as wide apart as possible for the better effect. Um, but you know, room to accommodate your room as best you can. Two point one is two speakers and a subwoofer. It's common tech used in most sound mm-hmm. bars. Uh, Five point one. Five speakers and one sub. You'll see a theme here, a central speaker uh, used for dialogue in gaming and movies to match the voices and screen up perfectly with two additional speakers behind you to wrap up the sound around your seating position. Talking of sound, it sounds like there's a jet taking off in your uh, in your lounge. Mm. Is that better? Oh, right. I know what that is. It's oh, okay. Don't worry about it. Is it Jay-Z's Hilo? It, it could have been. 
Um, okay. But he's he's trying to cut down on the uh, the fuel. Oh, to go green. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So 7.1 is the same as 5.1, but two speakers additionally in the middle of the setup give sounds even more spatial ability. The aforementioned Dolby Atmos, 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 there's me from Lincolnshire. Dolby Atmos (laughs) are set up sometimes using mounted speakers for the most premium effect or roof mounted speakers for the most premium effect or uh, they're mounted on top of ground-based speakers and the bounce the sound off the ceiling and back down uh, its tech can also be used in sound bars if space is a premium so they have multiple speakers along the top of the sound bar that sort of bounce the sound up off the ceiling to sort of come down almost as if the sound's coming from above rather than sort of on a wave straight to your ear um, virtual surround sound used in gaming headsets and sound bars often to a very very high effect as we've talked about with the gaming headsets, an audio system that attempts to create the perception that there are many more sound sources of sound than they're actually present, much like Dolby Atmos. In order to achieve this, it's necessary to devise some means of tricking the human auditory system into thinking that sound is coming from somewhere that it is not. Most recent examples of such systems are designed to simulate the true physical surround sound experience using one or two, th- two or three loudspeakers. Such systems are popular among consumers who want to enjoy the experience of surround sound without the large number of speakers that are traditionally required to do so. Oh, one thing of note here. Um, yeah. HDMI, an optical pass digital, optical pass out digital audio from one device to another. Um, both are better than analog, the red and white cables. Both can pass multi-channel audio like Dolby Digital. Both cables can be very cheap these days. The biggest difference is HDMI can pass higher resolution audio, including the formats found on Blu-ray, Dolby True HD, and DTS HD Master. These formats can't get transmitted across optical. In terms of simplicity, the HDMI also passes video signals. So if you want a single cable between two devices, HDMI is your pick. So for a while, optical pass-out was the service of choice amongst mm-hmm. discerning audiophile gamers but it seems hdmi has surpassed and passed that uh providing um, a better solution i was messing yeah. around with mine earlier to try and make mine work you need to have your hdmi cable attached between your blu-ray player and your tv um on an arc channel which tvs have clearly note on the back which is the arc channel if you turn your tv on and your surround sound turns on you've probably got it hooked up to the arc channel uh, the same goes for the remote but just double check and then you need to go into your console settings and make sure it's on hdmi out not optical digital pass out audio again i think you'd be very hard pushed to really pick the difference between the two i think when you get into the the later specs of sound like Dolby and DTS HD and you've got a system that can utilize it it is better it's always better to provide the best source possible anyway yeah what's next before we go racing down the shops with the TV as with the TV guide and blowing several thousand pounds on the next bit of kit I implore everybody to check what they have first you might be surprised and also shop smart be it secondhand or new Back in the day of Blu-ray, Tom, there was a rage of surround sound amps and Blu-ray player amalgamations. Carlos Saxus, a listener who's messaged in, uh, someone who's left the comment this week, is utilising one of these old amps. And even if the Blu-ray has stopped working, these amps are deceptively good. 
If you have an old system or even splash the cash, seeing it set, setting up in your room properly can reap massive benefits. So let's just talk for a moment about how best to do that. You can get an app that's basically a decibel meter measurer. And quite a lot of these surround sound systems, or even if you connect the speakers one at a time, go to your seating position and make sure, turn the volume up on your source. It's better to try and find a white noise source if possible. And hold the sort of decibel meter app, or if you're awesome enough to have a decibel meter, fair play to you. Hold that up and make sure that all the speakers, so if you've got two, this doesn't really apply for sound bars because they're obviously hard encoded. But if you've got a two-speaker set up, five, 7.1, Atmos, or whatever it is, hold that thing up in front of you and make sure that the decibel level from speaker one, the left-hand channel, and the center channel, and the right channel are all measuring the same decibels. Same with the surround sound speakers. So obviously you need to adjust the individual speaker volume down because the further away it is, the quieter it's going to be by the time it reaches you in the decibel meter. And that's going to help you make sure all the sounds that are presented to you are at the right decibel level and, and therefore it's able to work to its best. Uh, other than that, following the manufacturer's guide, setting the speakers as far out behind you, um, follow the guides that the manufacturers give you to start with, but Stereo speakers create a better stereo field of sound when they're as far apart as possible. When they're close together, you don't get that separation of the sound. It's also worth noticing that the central speaker, if you've got a 5.1 or 2.1 or 3.1, is better to be turned up slightly higher than left and right channel because that's where the um, that's where the audio is transmitted from, the dialogue of the characters that are speaking, and you want that to be you don't want that to get drowned out by just a random car driving by on the right of you, do you? Like in you know, in a movie, the central speaker yeah. is louder because that carries the the dialogue of the characters, mm -hmm. and it also helps match the words to the screen better. Other no, than that, uh, there's not really much to say, and I will get to this when we get into the surround sound 5.1. But get on eBay because there's some. There's some old home theatre systems with some absolutely cracking tech in them that now are getting sort of lobbed in skips going up on eBay. You see them at car boots. It's worth a punt. It's worth a punt. Let's cover off some great examples on the market currently. Tom, sound bars. You're the sound bar guru. Yeah. What, are you, what, what are your picks? Uh, first up, we've got the higher end of the market with the Sonos Beam. Uh, it's small, adaptable, and great sound. And this is Sonos' best soundbar yet. The specs uh, are the sound well, the sound formats first: uh, Dolby Digital 5.1 uh, connections. It's got a one times HDMI arc, a one times optical digital. It's Wi-Fi, Ethernet. Also, um, it, amazingly, it's a voice-controlled Amazon Alexa. If wow. you want, if you if you've got that, uh, and its dimensions are. 7 times 65 times 10 centimetres. So that's height, width, and depth. What price is that? Well, it comes in a little steep. It's £360. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, one well, of the more well, expensive ones. But. One thing I would also note, if last week you went raging off down the shops to get a 4K and 8K TV, you'll often find that bundled in with that deal, 
I got mm, one free yeah. but didn't see fit to utilise it, comes a sound bar. So, Tom, when you go up grading, when you mount up on your pony and head down Best Buy or wherever it is you're going to pick up your TV from, make sure you try and find one that's including a bundled-in soundbar because even these 8K TVs, their sound quality is woeful compared to... I just had a, a quick question that you might know the answer for. Is So, at the moment, I have the digital optical cable connecting my soundbar to my TV. I'm just concerned when I upgrade to my 4K TV, hopefully one day. It will um, still have an optical it, out. By the way, while I was at yours, okay. I think I changed it to HDMI out. Ah, okay. I so already I, I already, I already, covered you off. Right. I've upgraded your soundbar with a quick flick of a button. And also, you taught me a complete rookie mistake is I had the TV speakers playing and the soundbar. Drowning out the TV. This is a really simple tip. Just take that down to zero and put this and put the soundbar on on its own. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 there's less less um, confusion of the noises all going on. Yeah, uh, let the soundbar do the work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good Up next, tip. the slightly uh, more budget option. You've got to get behind this. It's the JBL Bar Studio, one of the best soundbars you can buy on a budget. Its uh, sound format is the JBL Surround Sound, so they've got their own. It's streaming Bluetooth version 4.2. It's 30 watts connectivity. It's got an HDMI arc in. It's 6 centimetres high, 61 centimetres wide, and 9 centimetres deep. And that can be had, Tom, for around £99. So That's a great deal. Um, Fantastic. Absolutely. Now, before things get a little bit crazy here, Surround Sound 5.1, uh, Dubai Jim sounds like a man who's, uh, as always, he's living it up, is our Dubai Jim. He's got a Morant, so we'll get to him shortly in the listeners' comments. But uh, if you're not a movie buff, things can escalate quickly. We've all heard of incredible amps by Morants, etc. And if you're lucky enough to own one of those uh, in your system, in your setup, my goodness. Uh, if you're in the market, pairing that style of amps, some equally prestigious speakers could be game-changing. But here we're going to try and keep things realistic or set a little bit more savvy for those on a budget. So here's a great little 5.1 uh, setup from LG. It's the LG LHB645N. It's 1,000 watts of 5.1 channel Blu-ray home cinema system. The Blu-ray player is probably barely going to get played if you've got a home console, but uh, it's a 5.1 system. The aforementioned 1,000 watts of power, it's got a 167-watt subwoofer, it's said to speak as 167 watts, as are its four satellite speakers. It's got digital optical, and it's a passive amplifier. Tom, it's 299. Wow. It's 299. Uh, one thing to mention, we that. didn't cover off subwoofer, but subwoofers basically are able to resonate bass. In a home cinema system or a gaming environment, they add absolute impact to sounds. They give you that deep crunch that you can feel in your bones, and they really do add to a, a cinema or gaming experience you know with the machine guns all of a sudden have got real weight to them you can almost feel the sort of sound wave in your body as you're firing the weapon if you've got them turned up loud enough it is I'm, I'm, yeah it's game changing i remember my first home cinema system i bought um and uh, i think it was a panasonic is it came with a uh, dvd player as well but i remember going out and getting Jurassic Park on DVD and then that was the test of like 
the T-Rex roar and all the mm. other sort of excellent sound effects in that movie and the excellent soundtrack. But so, uh, yeah, that's a that's a good good price for for that. I think for so. The quality, uh, well, for the quality like, I'll, again. like I was alluding to earlier, uh, my budget pick for the five point one is to get on eBay. Similar setups to the one we just mentioned, okay, for under a hundred pounds. Invest in some good speaker wire, and you're in for a real treat. Uh, we won't cover Atmos here today, but if you demand further episodes like this, we may do a real deep dive on gaming setups, almost talking you through the whole process. So if you guys want yeah, that, message in, questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com, or equally you could uh, hit us up on DM, on Twitter, Instagram, or uh, join the Discord and say, Oi, listen in, right? Pin your lug holes back, boy. I want a setups episode. Fine. Fine, we'll do that. Tom, <laughs> gaming headsets, another uh, song and dance routine for you, I believe. You're probably more into the gaming headset when you have to keep quiet in case you would disturb Jay-Z's uh, afternoon yoga session and the tranquility of his mind while he composes another haku. Uh, what's the <laughs> story with the gaming headsets? Uh, first up, we've got the Steel Series Arctis 7 uh, 2019 edition. Um, lost wireless gaming headset and it's for PC, PS4 and Switch. It comes in at £130. Uh, what if you're so, feeling a little bit flusher? What's the option? Yeah, if you're a bit more flush, you've got the Asus ROG uh, Theta 7.1 surround sound gaming headset, but that comes in at a very pricey Two hundred and seventy pounds and six pence. Don't forget that sixpence. That's the <laughs> that's the premium for quality, friend. It is. Yeah. As always, uh, remember that not all consoles work with any headset. That's largely because PS4 and PC support connection options that the Xbox One does not have. The PS4 and PC both support headsets that connect via three point five millimeter, either dual or uh, dual pole, three pole, or four pole. Optical, Bluetooth, and USB. Meanwhile, the Xbox One didn't include 3.5mm on its first-generation controllers, requiring the use of an Xbox One stereo headset adapter to add this option. The Xbox also only works with certified USB devices and uses its own proprietary wireless standard rather than Bluetooth. So you'll need to look for headsets that are specifically marketed as Xbox One compatible. The final option is getting a headset that connects via optical, SPIDF, although this is somewhat rarer. Um, they've marked the connection looks for each. So uh, get involved on that one, Tom. That concludes... I'm learning a lot. I'm that concludes so sound. It's a bit of a minefield, and it's very... Unlike picture, it can be a very specific to the user experience, mm, what one man hears yeah. another man doesn't. I know that could be said about what you see, but you can certainly follow recommended setups for your TV. Anyone can list their setups for their TV, their brightness, their contrast, their color gamut, their ratios, and and all the other settings that they're using. That's very cut and dry. It's very science. It's very black or white. It's not one thing or the other. Whereas to try and issue sound setups for bass and and mid-range and treble and all that other stuff is very hard because those options are for allowing you to get the best out of your room. If you've got a room without many soft furnishings, you need to pull the base down below zero rather than push it up past. So again, if we do a more specific episode on setups, I'll maybe talk people through the finer points of not drowning out with base and trying to lift the treble up a little bit in the mid range to get the best out of the system 
for the benefits of their room. Obviously, the flooring makes an impact. If you've got carpet, it's going to soak up the base, so you might need to push it up. If you've got a laminate floor, you're going to need to push the base down because it's going to echo and bounce. So there's lots to, and and everyone's got different rooms. You might be playing in a study. You might be playing in a a large loft apartment like Tom, in which case you're going (laughs) to lose sound all over the place and it's, it's very open and flat hard surfaces bouncing the noises back so you know you can't quite figure out where the sound's coming from and it's not coming from the place that it's meant to be coming from when the game was developed so there's lots to know and think about and all of that can be mapped across to your cinema experience as well so if you get it on point for your games it'll be on point for your movies as well and again when you get all those options right and you're watching it the best that you can, the audio just pulls you so much deeper into it. You know, you hear a jet roar from behind as it screeches overhead. And when that jet flies overhead and it's positioned perfectly, so when it appears on screen, the sound's exactly where you expect it to be as it then disappears into the distance and fades out. That's an experience that really makes a movie. Um, you know, a, a dinosaur flicks something with its tail and it kind of whips off screen but then carries on on the speakers around you and impacts to your left and you know it's done that. I mean... I want to catch you before the big man arrives with his uh, selection of video games and we choose out a, a VHS or a DVD. Mm-hmm. I think we should go with some really audio-heavy films this week. So get your thinking cap on for that. Ah, right. Okay. Well, some of the best soundscapes in movies. Uh, there's one that's comes to mind. So um, hopefully we've not chosen the same one. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, no, <laughs> let's, let's get stuck in because as always, yeah. once a week we put up a post that says, Hey gamers, listen in. We've got an episode coming out and it's going to be about X, Y, or Z. This week it mm-hmm. was about sound setups and the listeners get in contact and let us know they let us know, don't they, what they're experiencing or what their questions or comments or maybe worries are about the topic of the week. Don't forget, yeah. listeners, the best comment each month wins a prize, okay? And that's not some Mickey Mouse nonsense. I've not made up a badge and sending it out. It's not a postcard or any drivel like that. We um, work in conjunction with Comic Pictures, No Space on Etsy, who does a, a, a vast array of fine prints and artwork, not just gaming, but geek culture, sports, you name it, movies. And you can pick one of his fine prints as your prize. Last week, Mr. C chose uh, the man who finishes games and Rice Stars chose the Godzilla Japanese wave print, which is absolutely nice. choice. fantastic. I think he even had yeah. it in A3 as well. So. Very, very nice thing to have. I keep meaning to buy one and put it up in my bathroom, but I always forget and then end up spending money on the show or a vast array of retro tat. So (laughs) anyway, Retro Gamer Thomas, he messaged in. He says, I currently just have my standard TV setup, which although very good for next gen, uh, which, although very good for next gen, I'm very tempted with a decent surround sound system. Although I currently play a lot of my games through my PlayStation Gold headset, which is fantastic with its 7.1 surround sound. I'm looking forward to the PS5 3D audio, which linked to the new 3D headset that I want to purchase. I'm sure will sound awesome. 
But I think if I go all in, it's going to be surround sound for me. It's the only way to play actual <laughs> golf, laughing till I cry emoji. He's referencing, uh, you got a very VIP visit to uh, my place where you played some retro games. So, Oh, yeah. I, I am I'm tempted to join him in that 3D um, headset, mainly because I like the look of it. But it's uh, I think that is it the Pulse headset. I think it's going to be a day one. What, what do you reckon? Are you going to replace the one you got now? Um, what my, the, my gold headset? Yeah, what's the because there's the gold and the platinum at the minute. What are the price? What's the price of the platinum one? Is Ooh, that like one hundred twenty. It's a good hundred quid more. Yeah, memory. So it's you know I think the headsets I'm um, seventy pounds. So I think the platinum's maybe yeah. one seventy uh, dollars or pounds. But this I'm curious with to this three D audio, the much vaunted three D audio, which Cerny reckons he'll get working with everything. And I've got a yeah. an aged now five point one setup that uh, mm-hmm. works quite well with the current generation of games. I kind of want to see what this three D audio is all about. So I I'm slowly getting a, a decent PS5 fun together, which unless they rock the world and say, actually the PS5 is going to be £999. And I'm like, hmm, right, that, that's me. <laughs> I won't be getting the headset yeah. at that rate. Yeah. Uh, but if it's not, if it's a reasonable 450 sort of 499 500 price point, that leaves me some money for some accessories. Um, one thing of note, those thinking of upgrading to the Taco camera because they're getting a PS5 and want to continue their VR experience Sony have announced, probably on the QT as far as things are concerned, that the PlayStation 4 camera is compatible with the PlayStation 5. But hold up. You need a dongle from Sony, which they will give you for free if you write into them. Details to follow. I don't have them, but they're going to release them. You can get a dongle that allows the PS4 camera to work with the PS5. So one would say, seeing as they're giving away the dongle for free, very consumer-friendly. Hmm. Absolutely. Who's next out um, of the mailbag, Tom? Well, next up, we've got uh, Johan underscore artwork. Uh, it says, my regular TV standard setup is still stereo. There's a good 360. Uh, 3D sound system is insanely expensive. However, 3D sound headphones are more manageable, and so I got myself a really nice pair. I'm playing some games on it now. It just sounds glorious, and with some films, it's so immersive. Johan, who is one half of um, Enigmatic Productions, Tom, so he's the yeah. tag team partner of Harvey Retro. Mm-hmm. I would hope after this, he's gone and buried himself on eBay and picked up a uh, an old home theatre cinema system, and then he can finally, for however much those headsets were, I guarantee you he's going to be able to pick up a home theatre system with satellite speakers. So hopefully nice. if you want to reach out to me, Johan, please do. You know how to do that. Next up, uh, Boba, Boba Loba for casual gaming, straight racing games, RPGs. He says, I like to use the soundbar, but I use headphones for shooters so I know which direction the bad guys are coming <laughs> from. My most common medal on my, uh, Modern Warfare is no deaths from behind, laughing to like high emoji. I switch between earphones and a Sennheiser headset, ping on whether I need to hear people that are in the same room as me or not. I'll be interested to try high-end 3D audio, but the price tag is off-putting. I'm doing just fine without it. Well, again, you never know. You might find a system that can halfway house what you're doing. The system I've got, Tom, has actually got a 3D audio setting in it where it actually takes a standard audio setting and makes it 3D audio. So... You know, shop about on eBay, 100 quid might uh, surprise you. I think Boba Loba, if he could just get a console that 
was enabled him to play whatever Call of Duty was out at that point in time, he'd be stoked, wouldn't he? The it Activision would. Call of Duty console, it's all it plays, it's all it does. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he likes other games. Comic Picture 79, he says, I've just got a Wii set of 2.1 speakers and a massive subwoofer that does me fine. Most of my gaming was headset anyway. I do fancy a bit of audio furniture like a wall shelf stroke cabinet. A lot of people use the headset, Tom. I've never really gone down that route. Maybe I've been a bit spoiled, um, but I've always been very keen. Like going back to the N64 days, I, I was very keen to get that. I think your setup and, and where how your room is laid out, it does lend itself to a, a big screen, big sound system setup. Um, and obviously a headset is, is, is important if you've got sort of um, neighbours or, or uh, young children, if you need to keep the noise down at night. So I think a lot of the time a headset is based on those reasons. Um, and also they are very popular with like online shooters uh, and online multiplayer games. So oh, you can of course, because you get the mic. And you can be like, oh, me, oh, yeah. me, cover, cover, rally, rally back to me. Uh, I need a healer, I need a tank. All that drivel I give you. Uh, and suck it up. Tom. It's called good comms. Shall we talk about the downside of what good comms did for your TV when I jetted over to America and saw the state of your ah? Uh, we your don't have to talk about that. I think we do. Boba Loba almost got a sneak peek of that anyway, didn't he? He did because I called him on the Discord and then thought I'd cancelled it and then continued to show him the salubrious New York apartment without realising it's a good job we weren't uh, fully utilising Paulina's every needs otherwise he paparazzi pay a lot of money for that they do um, well, so on uh, setting up your system then. I noticed that when you play your shooters you sit very close to the TV <laughs> and I found that it had been encased in what can only be called ectoplasm <laughs> from where you had been screaming orders at your teammates in all these online shooters. And it took, what did it take? It took a glass cleaner, didn't it? To finally, it did, and I wouldn't yeah. recommend this normally. I'd recommend a very exclusive TV cleaning screen solution. But it only could be broken down. You with a mouthful of food, no doubt some cheesy onion-based potato snack, spittle. <laughs> viscous spittle <laughs> flying out as you scream at whatever I don't know enemy and colleague alike commands in your <laughs> online shooters <laughs> two things to note there sit back from the TV screen don't play these silly online shooty death games you don't know what you're missing clean your screen on a more regular basis <laughs> Anyway, speaking of other New York residents, the Chronicles of a Gamer. How is Bobby? Bobby? You've been out to see him, or are you just too up your own backside to even venture out and engage with the common New York man? Probably the latter. He's the king um, of New York, by the way. So he let's is. Think about that. I need to think about that. Uh, he says, well, I have a Samsung soundbar with a subwoofer, and it sounds really good. I hooked it up with a digital optical plug, so I really like how it sounds. I set mine up with a cinema surround sound. Cinema, cinema depth no matter what I'm watching or playing if you want to use my headphones I use my Sony CH700N 
remember I got them the same time I bought Mad Max on the PS4, and the engine of that car really sounded phenomenal through those headphones. Sound is important. Here's Carlos Saxos. Uh, I mentioned him earlier. He says, I'm rocking an old 5.1 Samsung Cinema Home Systems with a broken Blu-ray drive hooked up via optical cable direct to the PS4. It also has HDMI inputs, so I'm able to get surround sound out my Switch, which is nice. Worry about the Series X is that they've removed the optical audio output from the back of the console, so I'm not sure how I'm going to get my surround sound, as I'm sure the ancient Blue player won't use won't allow for 4K pass through. Well, if you've got an HDMI arc uh, cable input on your TV, connect that to your Blu-ray player. Connect your uh, Xbox Series X if that's what you're getting, uh, Carlos. Uh, to your HDMI 4K in and it should all work seamlessly no buttons required so good luck with that we mentioned this other character earlier Tom Dubai Jim long time contributor to the show the man who lives it up as his name suggests he says he's upgraded to the he's upgraded his amp about four years ago to a lovely slim Marantz NR he's the man about time such class and eloquence from uh, from Dubai Jim NR1608 5.12 with HDMI 2.1 and put in a couple of ceiling inserted rear surrounds as well. Wow. Paired up with last year's stunning Sony 65XG9505. Won't be allowed to change that setup by uh, as she who must be obeyed for a few years yet, though. <laughs> so I'm hoping that will suffice for the PS5 in the early days. Uh, oh, I, I think so. If definitely. you're lobbing the Marantz in the skip, Dubai Jim, get in contact with your favourite <laughs> podcast host. That's me, not. Oh, the Magpie's about yet again. And I will, I will hoover that up, friend. Uh, make sure you've got some, as I mentioned in the thi- in the uh, in the feature, uh, Dubai Jim. Make sure you've got those. Uh, let me know what speakers you're using in conjunction with that Marantz. Be very interested uh, to find out who's sending job. us to the bridge this time, pal. It's Bat Mull. Uh, he says, I used to just use the speakers in the TV for years until I got a proper headset, and the difference was night and day. Being able to hear some guy creeping up on me in a first person shooter added so much of an advantage that I just wasn't used to it. For certain games like Hellblade, they're just better experiences as well with a headset. Wow. True facts. Okay. Well, Tom, on that note, he's here or he's on his way. Now, what's he been up to this week? He's been knocking out uh, 3D audio He's not here yet. He's not here yet. He doesn't come until we've talked about... Are they actually 3D audio, though? Because you know what the way he's like. He's a bit dodgy or not. Are they just old they're, stereo they're, they're cameras? Basically, no, they're, they're basically doctor's um, stethoscopes uh, that he's just put some larger earphones around so when you when you plug them in, all you can hear is your own heartbeat. Wow. Okay. Well, at least you know you're not dead. Here he comes, Tom. <laughs> On that note, it's time for a peek in what we affectionately call Stingray's boot. What's next to bring some counterfeit nappies to the dodgy of your battle friend all this week? These are the new release highlights for the week, August 3rd to August 9th, 2020. Listeners, these are out in digital or physical or will be by the time this podcast is in your feed, but could be. Oh, they could be, Tom, region dependent. What's your mummy, mummy, handsome man? Well, it's first up, it's Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout, uh, PC, PS4, August 4th. I like what you're doing there. Gear up for an epic new chapter in the... Oh, dear. 
Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> and it, this well, is basically. what happens when uh, Nancy the intern isn't here to do the uh, new release highlights and James the work experience boy is in Margate doing a social distance holiday with his family. I've copied and pasted the Fast and Furious Crossroads right up into the Fall Guys. But you've waxed lyrical enough about yeah, this to keep we know this what castle-based game where I don't need to worry about that. Oh, next. My, Why? What are you going to tell VHF, me? My VHS pick this week is uh, Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk, a very audio oh, uh, okay. Well, I, I went for a similar theme, so I'll pull my VHS out now. It's... Uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, great choice. I'd also recommend... I'd also recommend... I wouldn't wholeheartedly recommend Attack of the Clones from uh, from the (laughs) Star Wars prequels, but I would recommend it for its fastidious use of surround sound, like when uh, Jango Fett uses his uh, sonic concussive minds. That Ah, sounds absolutely incredible on a subwoofer. Um... So Saving Private Ryan was my pick. And also at the end of um, Attack of the Clones, when the, um, what are they called? Like the clone era Star Destroyers take off. Oh, yeah. Me and you had an experience where we watched that and the surround sound absolutely resonated our bones to dust, didn't it? So, yeah, good good memories. Uh, Hellbound on the PC is my mummy mummy, so we're getting them both out of the way nice and early. August 4th is... August 4th? August 4th. It's a classic first-person shooter-style game like the good old days, an action game based oh, on speed, this, yeah. gore, guns, and metal music. Inspired by the 90s classics with modern visuals and audio. Scully, up next on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. I don't know why I didn't stop Tom. I just couldn't help myself. August 4th, <laughs> on a mysterious remote island, a skull washes up on shore and is reawakened by an enigmatic deity. Dubbed Scully, the newly reanimated being has been summoned to intervene in a war between the deity's three siblings, whose quarrel jeopardizes the island they call home. Uh Drink More Glurp, PC, Switch, August 6th. Drink More Glurp is a wacky physics sportish hot seat party game set on a distant world where aliens have copied Earth's summer games and got everything slightly wrong. <laughs> a complete and crazy contest with 20 local players will challenge the world on global leaderboards. So it's quite a cool idea, isn't it? It's a very uh, weird take on a sports game, but knock yourself Olympics out. Olympics game, yeah. Yeah, Fast and Furious Crossroads, oh, dear, PC, PS4 and Xbox One August 7th. Gear up for an epic new chapter in the Fast and Furious saga with high-speed heists, cinematic non-stop action, adrenaline-fueled stunts in exotic locations, join long-time family and a tough new crew to hunt down international crime syndicate and bring them to justice. Now, I was lucky enough to see some gameplay of this game. <laughs> <laughs> and you're firing along in what looks like a Dodge Charger with a minigun on the roof, shooting at a armoured hovercraft. Is that what's happened to Fast and the Furious? Because I remember Fast and Furious 1 was like this quaint little film about a policeman infiltrating a, a load of underground street And the first ones, I think the first ones are a really good film. Absolute um, classic, yeah. Then what happened? We're on Fast and Furious 8,000 right now. I don't know. It's um, got a bit silly, hasn't it? Carry anyway, on, Tom. What's the next? I thought uh, this was going to be your mummy mummy. Yeah, it, it would be if I owned a PC. Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition on the PC, available August 7th. 
Experiment Aloy's legendary quest to unravel the mysteries of the future Earth ruled by machines. Use devastating tactical attacks against your prey and explore a majestic open world in this award-winning action RPG. Wow, that okay. looks phenomenal on there, doesn't it? It does. Inertial Drift, PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, August seventh. Forget everything you know about drifting. Actually, this might be my. This could be a mummy mummy for me because this looks great, and I know it's not Initial D, but it's very much aping that. Uh, Japanese comic and, and anime. So uh, forget everything you know about drifting. Inertial D tears up the racing rule book with innovative twin-stick controls, completely reimagined driving mechanics on a roster of fiercely individual cars. That's either going to be a recipe for disaster because you're totally uh, uncoordinated with the sticks or it's going to be an absolute joy. Last up, Tom. Um, you said this one. It's a game that uh, probably you used to describe your life. Uh, is it wrong to try to pick up <laughs> girls in a dungeon? Infinite Combate. PC, PS4, Switch. This is the EU release, August 7th. I think the States are going to get it next week. This JRPG follows the story of the anime Dan Marshi and adds brand new content. Enter the fantasy world of Rario, where gods live amongst humans to protect them in their familia and become the greatest adventurer through dungeon crawling, real-time RPG, RPG combat, and date events. With that, Tom, boot slammed, and he stealthily slips away like he does every week. Like smoke exhaled from a cigarette. He was there, and then he is gone. Tom, those that paid attention right at the beginning of the show, they know that I've got to ask you what you're hoping to play. I think I'll be playing, uh, hopefully finish up Ghost of Tsushima. I don't really want to rush it now. I'm going to try and complete some of the what I'd call the main side quest get it, to do get with. it get it done yeah but I don't I'm not I, I'm not planning on buying anything else till um, the PS5 then because I just need to save my money so okay. it'll be not cyberpunk no um, I was thinking I might be getting that with the PS5 we'll get you a code yeah get, get any developers or anybody in the industry we've already a got a code copy. for cyberpunk it's have we oh yeah. awesome Nancy Excellent. the intern's changing everything for us well going on those listener numbers we've been having I believe that's true another strong week yeah always good stuff um, yeah so uh, I guess to Tsushima probably try and actually win on four guys uh, it's pretty difficult or probably it's based a bit on luck but yeah that'll be about it for me I think okay I'm going to dive deep on some Final Fantasy 15 I've got some Accusa 5 to play I'm going to have a dabble on some retro stuff I'm going to tinker with my audio settings again uh, and my TV settings I think I'll mm-hmm. do some more research on YUV 420 and RGB I think if you've got a PS4 and you've got a 4K set or an 8K set the best and brightest idea is to have everything set to automatic and let the PS4 and TV talk it out. Um, that seems to be the the new strategy for people maximising that. So I'm going to make sure I've got everything on auto and take it from there, basically. Did um, you... I... Sorry. No, carry, carry on. on. No, ask me your question. What is it? Did you just quickly... Just thinking about the state of play, did you see the control DLC? Mm. Like the other weight DLC? Yeah. Hmm. 
well, that's quite interesting. Yeah, it looks quite good, doesn't it? So, I, I, yeah, just thinking on what I'd like to play is maybe I might pick up Control if it's cheap enough. I think it's in the sale at the minute, um, but we'll see. Okay, all right. Uh, other than that, sorry, where I've been half tempted to slap GTA Five in, you know, and finally actually play that through. Like my love for GTA mm. Four has always held me back, but uh, well, I'd I'd say slow down. Uh, mm. Because apparently the, the story, like the, the story mode's getting some updates as well in the PS5 and Xbox Series X version. So I I would generally wait and pick that up for that because I think that's going to look absolutely stunning in that as well. Oh, I've already got it on PS3 and PS4. I don't know why I've never really got to grips with it. I just, it just I didn't vibe with did, me. Yeah, I personally don't like the story that much. I think it's okay. Um, it's interesting with the three playable characters but yeah it was more about the open sandbox i think and the detail yeah if you stack it up against red dead it just doesn't for me don't compete story level nowhere near okay well other than that then it's going to be yakuza 5 and final fantasy 15 i'd imagine nice good picks oh i did the terrible thing as well i've got a confession i i thought Last night, I thought, oh, I'm going to put Dog's Life on for the PS2. I have some great memories of that game. Oh, dear, she's not aged well. The controls. <laughs> the graphics. Yeah. You know. In my mind at the time, they were very realistic graphics. Now? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those games that was best left as a memory, sadly. A lot of other yeah. PS2 games I've played and I've been like, oh, wow, that looks better now to me than it did back then. It's aged well and the graphic style they've chose looks absolutely fantastic. But no, that one, no. Not, not yeah. Mismash it again. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm still a big fan, though, because the core of what it was still exists. So fair play to it. Tom, is that it for us this week? Are we going to bid goodbye to the listeners the same way we do every week? We shall. That's all we've got time for this week, listeners. As always, thank you for your time. We look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming. And remember, there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller. It's what you do with it that counts. See you, Tom. See you, mate.